Hey guys, you're listening to the Passion Photography Podcast, the one and only place you can find everything you need and everything you want to know about the fashion photography industry. As you know, every Friday, it's time for me to answer your questions and share some insights about my work. But today is Wednesday, and as every Wednesday, I'm here with a guest. Today, you'll be able to hear part two of our interview with an amazing guest that is a retoucher, and he'll answer for us some questions like, does it matter? where you located when you're a retoucher, how to expand your clients list and how to gain their trust. Is there something that the retouchers can do when they are not credited? And how did he started his work relationship with Benetton and Prada? Is it easy for a retoucher to find a job? Uh, if you're good, yes. You <laughs> 10 points for griffing the or for the sensor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're good, yes. I mean, it's not easy. It's like easier to mm -hmm. find a job if you're in the right in the right place. If you live in Milan, New York, Paris, London, LA, sometimes doesn't matter. If you're really good, it's easier to find a job. But sometimes, if you are good or you but you live in a place like I'm originally from Rome, I know this day that if I'm good in my job, but if I were still living in Rome, I would not have the same chance that I, I've done this year here in Milan or in New York or in Paris. That is so freaking weird. Yeah. Because you're a retoucher, you're standing behind the monitor. Yeah, but the client who want to see you, want to know you, to make sure that they can trust you. And the best way to trust someone is to see someone in the eyes in front of you. I truly think so. I mean, after a while, when you know someone, I mean, this day I work with photographer that I know from a long time. This day I was doing the new Benetton AGV campaign. And the photographer is a friend of mine. His name is Giulio Rusticelli. It's a really good Italian photographer. We don't see each other a lot because I live in Milan. He live in Padova. But we do a lot of things together, not just Benetton. And all the time that we need to do a new job, we need to see each other. He trusts me right now. And at the beginning, I'm sure that he wants to meet me to see me in person to make sure that i was a serious guy a serious and trustful person yes mm -hmm. do you ever go to photo shoot do you ever go to the set most of the time i'm on the set i like to be on set really yes i like to i like a lot because you know when you're a retoucher i like to see the how the picture start and if the client or the art director wants something in particular you're there so you start your job there with the light the exposition the color and everything but you're there so the client can say like chris i wonder you do this can you do this can you do that and it's easier when you're on set. I'm going to share a personal story with you. There is a story that recently happened. A fellow photographer said to a client, because a client asked if they should credit the retoucher. And a fellow photographer answered with, no, I'm paying for this. And I was honestly a bit shocked about it. I was wondering today when I knew that I will talk to you was, is it happening very often? How do you feel about it? Because I personally really, really, really believe that people should be credited for what they do, even if they're paying. You know, till this day, there's this thing about photographer, but also photographer agency. Mm -hmm. They don't mention the retoucher because I think that the still this day, the retouching person is someone that is behind everything. And they yeah. I think that they don't want to share the word, the fakery overall <laughs> about the retouching. So I think that is like that. And it's really common in this business to not get mentioned on editorial or 
campaign and everything. Not all the time, because, you know, like on Benetton, I've checked on some website, fashion website, and there was my name on. I was really glad for mm-hmm. that. But it, it's really common to not be mentioned. I mean, I have the job on my website that all that matters to me is that I can put the picture on my website. So the word and I was the one that I was working behind the scene. Yeah, but it's definitely going to be easier for your clients to point you once they Absolutely. see yeah, Absolutely. the advert. Unfortunately, it's not like that. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. So how do you find new clients? Because you have your own website and it's obviously yeah. hard with the crediting. So how do you find your new clients? When I want to find a new client, that means that I have time to find a new client. I search on the web for new client, new agency, new photographer, and I'm used to send a mail. It's an easy decision, but a good one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, I send a presentation, all my skill on and my website on, and if they need me and they like my job they're gonna answer me back yeah especially with things like Benetton on your portfolio you're in good position how did this happen with the Benetton I was working from period of time with these two art director Italian art director their name is Braga and Federico Mm-hmm. And I was working with them on Prada and Church. They got this connection with Benetton, so they started to work with Benetton. And after a while, they asked me if I want to join them on the on the team because they already know me. I remember when I was going to my academy, my way from home in Rome for go to my academy, I was passing the Termini station that it's this huge train station in Rome. And in this station, there's always been this big, big, giant billboard, uh, <laughs> Benetton. And I remember that every day that I was going there, I was like, one day I want to do Benetton. Aww. Yeah, Benetton picture, they're, they're known everywhere. So I was really like, I want to do this. And when they asked me, I was super, super glad. And after like five months, we've done this huge campaign that was in Rome, was in Madrid, was I believe also in the United States I don't remember uh, I remember the one my brother and he's still in the room he said look Chris I'm in Termini and uh, in front of me I got this giant billboard yeah that <laughs> I said yes and what's really nice yeah. amazing yeah great yeah. feeling for sure what's the biggest challenge about retouching oh uh, the skin the skin is there anything specific that you're doing for the skin to be so amazing? Keep the pore. Mm-hmm. Keep the pores all the time and the proportion. The skin got to be real. Also, if you retouch the skin a lot, in the end, everyone that checked the picture got to say like, oh my God, I love this skin. I would love to have the same kind of skin. And you as a retoucher know that that skin is not like that in the beginning. Being realistic, that's very important. Recently, I, I received an advice that I, did not really ask for but that's okay (laughs) that the the transition between the colors should be more smooth and i was like yeah but if it's more smooth it's going to be so fake yeah but it's gonna look better and i was like i'm not sure about that That's a problem because, you know, most of the time you work and fight because I used to say you fight with mm-hmm. some clients <laughs> that they really don't know what they are talking about. They care just about the finished product. That's a boundary to me. Like, okay, when some client asks me something extra that I know from the beginning that I would not like that in the end, 
I'm like, I'm going to do this because you want that and you are the client for me. So I have to do what you want me to do in order to be fine with you. But I'm telling you right now, if you want, I can also send you an email where I write everything and I test you everything. This thing that you're asking for is going to be fake on the picture. Now, if you like that, I'm going to do that. Yeah, it's good that you're telling them. Mm -hmm. But remember what I'm telling you right now. This is going to look fake. So it's your fault, not mine. Because <laughs> you know what? In this business, the problem is that the fault is always on the head of the last person that touched a picture. And all the time, I'm the last person that touched a picture. So the problem is going to be mine if someone say like, this picture is fake. And I don't want that. It's not a good thing to me if people say, mm -hmm. oh my God, this, this picture looks fake. Especially when it's not your fault. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What do you think about the digital colorists? It's important because, you know, I can see a color on my screen and someone in Africa got the same picture on his screen and he will look the color in a different way. So it's important to have someone and really know that they take care of the color in, in the air. You don't want that someone's skin looks like, I don't know, purple or green. But if the guy in Africa wasn't calibrated their monitors probably the result is going to be i used to say this you cannot put your hand and your thought on everything mm -hmm. you need a time Absolutely. where you like let the thing goes. I used to see the picture on three or four device, also phone and mm -hmm. iPhone, wherever, to check the picture. And I do a balance between all the pictures that I see on different devices. And then I decided, okay, I'm fine. I can send the picture. I'm done. Mm -hmm. So you're rechecking. That's very yeah. important too. A lot, a lot. Is it possible with a profession like that to have financial stability? Yes, if you're good, again. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But you get only the previous 10 points for Gryffindor with this answer because you're doubling <laughs> the answer. <laughs> <laughs> you can have financial stability. You need to have not just one client. If you're a freelancer like me, you don't need to base your workflow just on one client. You need to have at least five, six different clients that you work with to Make sure that if some client decline, you know, you're present on the set on so you're not doing that kind of job. Mm -hmm. You will have someone else that asks for you. So that's important. But it's also very important to be organized. Oh, yes. Would you call yourself organized? Absolutely. I'm a freak on organization. <laughs> I'm, really, I'm a Virgo, so I'm really free. <laughs> I have a different hard disk where I put all the pictures because after a few years, you need to have a lot of hard disk because you're going to have a lot of pictures. So I organize my computer, my hard disk with client. So I have a place for Prada, a place for church, a place for Benetton, a place for Bulgari and so on. So I used to organize everything with different names and you go inside and you find all the different kind of jobs. And what about now? You said I used to. Right now I'm doing Benetton and I'm doing Bulgari. I've done, uh, like two months ago, I've done this new advertising for Bulgari. And right now I'm doing some picture for the website and it's gonna, they're gonna be like GIF. Mm -hmm. They're moving. So I'm, I'm retouching like six or seven pictures for the same frame and they're going to like put everything together. Mm -hmm. How did you learn to price yourself for such big brands? You ask for that. I mean, not to the client. For the budget. 
Yeah, in the beginning of your career, if you are fortunate and you are smart, you ask to someone that is older than you, how much I have to ask for this kind of picture or this other kind of picture. You have some budget in your mind for the different kind of picture. Like I have a budget for a normal picture. I have a budget for advertising. I have a budget for editorials and so on. Mm-hmm. That's a starting point. Then you talk with the client. You say, like, I want this kind of money for this picture. And they are like, okay, you contract everything. Because also big client, they, they are always, okay, so I'm going to pay you like this. Do you prefer this? Do you prefer that? It's a kind of relationship that you have with the client. Mm-hmm. And so you set and you organize everything about the payment, uh, the money and everything. Okay, so you have to be organized and you have to act normal with your clients. Are there yeah. any other qualities a good retoucher needs? First, you need to be organized. Absolutely. You need to know a lot about Photoshop and all the other programs that you're using for retouching. You need to have an eye for fashion, for art in general, because sometimes you find some photographer, they're like, I wonder you put Caravaggio light on this picture and you need to know what who is Caravaggio and what kind of work he has done in his life. In my opinion, it's really important to know bone structure. Absolutely. Yeah, to know how to change the body of someone. And the only way to do that is to know how to draw. And also some biology. (laughs) Yeah, for real, it's going to work if you know the structure of the body. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that you need to know how to do that with a piece of paper in front of you. And then you go to... Oh, that's very interesting. Do you think a person who cannot draw can become a good retoucher? I know a lot of people that they say that they are a good retoucher, but I don't think that they are good in liquify because liquify is a Photoshop term. Because, you know, when you need to change the proportion mm-hmm. of the body, you use this filter that is called liquify. Mm-hmm. But in order to use that liquify Thing, I think that it's really important to know how to draw someone. If you have to change a person like from fat to super skinny, you need to know how to do that. The only way to me is to know how to do that by drawing first. I used to do comics. So, you know, comics is yeah. all about that. It's all completely about that. And also in comics, you know how the body moves because, you mm-hmm. know, in the same page, you got the same person that is drawing in a lot of different ways. So the face like this, the face turns like right left everything yeah it can be just a simple smile yeah yeah yeah. but you know how long it takes to make a simple smile yeah a lot a lot lot. but retouching it's really it's it's an art job and it's a job that you cannot think to do and to be a good retoucher and do something in a short period of time you know that when you put your mind and your hand on a job they're gonna be a long a long a long night working, 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 practicing and everything, yes. Do you think there is a moment when a person is good to go and in your case, you just don't need to learn anything else about Photoshop? No, no, I need. I absolutely <laughs> need. Everyone does that. I know people that work for a job and they still are practicing Photoshop and they're still learning something about Photoshop. So, yes. I really hope that people listening to us right now learned a lot from this interview. I hope so. I really believe in sharing things. You need to share. Thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you so much. Thank you to a lot. You were really, really kind. Thank you.
If you like this interview, please don't forget to leave us an honest review on iTunes and to give us as many stars as you believe we deserve, because this is really, really, really gonna help us to reach more people and grow our community. And talking about community, do not forget to join us on our Facebook group called The Fashion Photography Podcast. There you can share your work and ask all of the questions that you have. And if you're a little bit shy, you can always check our previous podcasts on our friends' websites, judefashionmagazine.com and neverlandmag.com. Thank you so much for being with me today and I'll see you on Friday.